I'm Aria Schwartz. And I'm Rachel Galligan. And welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. The Aces have taken a 2-0 lead over the Connecticut Sun to start the WNBA Finals. Can the Sun dig themselves out of a hole? Or the Aces about to be crowned the WNBA champions in Connecticut? Our show, please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash windsider. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com. That's windsider.com. Looking to get tickets for the WNBA finals? You might only have one game to do it. Thanks to our sponsor, TickPick, you don't have to worry. The original no fee ticketing site and official ticketing partner of still the defending. WNBA champion Chicago Sky. Use the link TICKPICK.com backslash Windsider. That's TickPick.com backslash Windsider. You can use that link, honestly, not just for the WNBA, NFL, MLB, NBA, concerts, whatever it is. Use the link. Uh, support Windsider best you can. Welcome to the Windsider Show. Rachel. We both picked Connecticut to win game two, and I, and, and, and I don't think that was like a bad pick. It almost felt like, whatever, we'll, we'll dive into this. But overall reactions, if I could put game two into a matter of words, into a few, uh, a simple thought, a simple whatever, you know, we did a post-game show on playback. If you haven't joined, you should join our playbacks. So we'll have one more for sure on Thursday for game three. It's get playback dot com backslash room backslash windsider. Um we talked about this in the postgame show. It just felt like they by they I mean Connecticut wasn't willing to give it their all. It felt like they were not like you talked about this early on in the game, the 50-50 balls. 100% of them were going Vegas's side. And it wasn't because Vegas was out muscling them or Vegas was out whatevering them. It was simply put Vegas was out hustling them like Vegas was putting in the work in the intangibles, putting their bodies on the line, knowing like let's be abundantly blunt here. Both teams have been to the finals. Both teams have lost. Both teams know what it takes or they don't know what it takes in the sense of they've been there and done it, but they know what it takes in the sense of they've been there and they've seen what doesn't work. And they know to even get to a, you know, into a series to, to do whatever it is, the, the amount of meticulous detail that you have to be focused on, the amount of meticulous effort that you have to give, it is not a given that any team is going to win the finals. And right now, the mind blowing aspect for me is if you just watch these games, it almost feels like Connecticut it's one of the one of two either Connecticut feels that they were just going to be gifted it and it was going to happen right and by gifted I mean it was just you know they're gonna walk through the game and because they're skilled things are going to fall their way or they just or and I am going to lean towards the first one but the other option is just that they've imploded they've given up and and I don't say that about teams lightly and I'm not saying that they are saying that I'm saying like there's only two reasonable logical 
simple options in this situation. What's I went way over a simple uh, whatever, but like what what's what's your thoughts on this? No, I'm I'm just <clears throat> I'm I'm a little bit surprised. I felt like this Connecticut team has been a team that's always just found a way. Um, and in my mind, it's like you you have got to get one in Vegas. You have to. And so I felt like having their backs against the wall yesterday and that being a win that they had to take back with them to Connecticut, like the sense of urgency had to be there. And I didn't see that from this team. And when At you, any point. No. And, and when you see sense of urgency, th- those are things that you can control. Those are winning the 50-50 balls, um, you know, being aggressive and, and not allowing all sorts of second chance points. Now, I mean, I'm looking at Las Vegas stats. They only finished with two, two O boards, but there was a couple really just key ones at the beginning of the game that they got back and where it felt like they were able to really capitalize on them. And so it just felt like some of those things that has become the identity of this team, they didn't do, you know, to, to be even on the glass, that's not Connecticut basketball. Um, now both teams did a pretty good job of taking care of the basketball, but I think that like Connecticut had at one point, I think at halftime they had one point off turnovers. I, I don't exactly know how it finished, but like they, that 20, 22% of their offense comes from ability to convert turnovers. And so it's just like, they, they just, they didn't look anything like the team that we've become to know. Um, and I do think that this year, you know, that staunch Kurt Miller, Connecticut Sun defense has looked differently, but I also think that that defense has been more taxing to come by, if that makes sense. So I agree with you. Like it's either they thought, okay, like this is just who we are. It's going to naturally happen because it wasn't like there was a slow start. I mean, shoot, they start the game with a wide open layup, you know, and then it was like a really like within the greatest play of all time, Rachel, (laughs) within the, within the course of a minute, it was a quick six, six between both teams. So it's not like they didn't see the ball go through the net. Um, you know, they actually shot the ball a little bit better. They shot 42%, now only 21% from the three-point line. We know Connecticut can't necessarily shoot the three. That's that's nothing surprising there. It was just those intangible plays, those hustle plays. And they were able to cut it to three late in the game. <clears throat> and um, just it just kind of fell apart, you know, after that. Like, it just completely fell apart. And the, the, the score doesn't really reflect – I guess it does in some ways. I felt like they were getting blown out by 20 the majority of the game, and I'd look at I'd look down at the score, and it would just be a few possession game. So I thought, okay, you know, they're used to playing behind. Maybe like something will click into gear and they'll come back. And maybe there's something about that with them as well. They've done that all year. They just kind of hoped or expected that to happen. And I think the moment that they did have for it to happen, when Chelsea Gray went out, <clears throat> they cut it to three. They had an opportunity to take the lead and get some momentum. They weren't able to capitalize on those on those moments late in the game, and and so I don't know. I mean, there's a lot to talk about with this team right now, but they just, I mean, you saw me on the playback last night. I I was very, just disappointed is a hard word. I was just taken back by who. Disappointed I- is a fair word, I think, yeah. when you go two zero in the finals and 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 like I like. Here's my thing. Everything you said, I agree with, but but I feel like you're saying it in this tone of like I'm still trying to process it I guess they just I agree with you long story short I agree with you it was either they thought that it was just gonna happen it was just gonna happen for them and they were and then it didn't or that they just have run out of gas and they just don't have the horses to get this done maybe it's a combination of both yeah and 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 look I mean we'll, we'll talk about 
the 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 hot topic of all of our playbacks. Kurt Miller, where is he being? Where is he going to be next year? Blah, blah, blah. Like that's a discussion to have after the finals. Yeah. But but right now, I mean, look, I I view Kurt Miller as as one of the top coaches in the league. I also view Becky as one of the top coaches in the league. It's it's hard to get to the finals uh, without a top coach in this league. For sure, in my opinion, at least. Um, well. I also think you have to make note, like, Dewana Bonner can't be two for 18. Well, well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, well, for all right, before we get into Kurt and the coaching, um, I went into this game, I went into the series, right, saying Connecticut's going to lose game one because Vegas has the rest. Connecticut's a little exhausted from a, a five-game series, played really physical. They're going to lose game one. It will probably be close, but game two is Connecticut's to win because they thrive in that. That's what we know about this team, right? They thrive with when the the adversity uh, is against them. And I said, JJ and Bonner are going to be the key people that they need uh, offensively. And we just look at last game. I mean, John Quill Jones, six, six for 11, good game, 16 points, one for three from three. Uh, gets to the free throw line just four times, hits three of those four, 11 rebounds. Four turnovers. I mean, those turnovers are big, but overall, not not a horrible game from JJ, right? Like, she at times, she was making important plays when they needed it. But Dewana Bonner, one for nine, 0 for three from three, seven rebounds, lovely, no turnovers, lovely, negative 15, and just two points on the game. Natisha Heideman, 0 for three, zero points, plus minus of negative two. Like, here's the thing. I think I think um, I think with when when it comes to Bonner, I and mean, this is a player who's averaging thirteen and a half points a game throughout the regular season. Um, just these last two games with Vegas, averaging two and a half. You know, I mean, look how close game one was. Now, granted, granted, game two wasn't that, but Dewana Bonner. I mean, two of eighteen. She's hit two shots in 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 how many minutes? She's played sixty-two minutes and hit two shots. And everyone was saying, this is the player we need to take this this team to the next level. And 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 like more than just okay, the scoring isn't there, those are sixteen I'm sorry, I'm trying yeah, sixteen empty possessions that could have been run through someone else who could have hit a shot. So it's like not only is are you not getting the production that you've gotten from her all year long that's helped you even get to this point, but then you're just empty possession after empty possession because you know, like th- those are possessions that they're not, you're not getting anything out of it. So, you know, I, I, I hate that this is what Bonner, what she's going through. I think you maybe have to credit Las Vegas, I guess, and some of their, their game planning. But here, here, well, I'm curious. I'm, no, I'm curious about that, Rachel, because like I'm looking at it and I'm going, okay, I get what you're saying. And, and yeah, I'm not trying to take away from Vegas because look, good things happen when you're playing good basketball, right? And, and, and little things can impact the other team in ways we're not talking about. But my my thing is the shot selection of Bonner, right? Zero free throws that whole game. For me, Duana Bonner is a, is is a elite free throw shooter. She's been like she should know that this is the type of situation. Now, the one basket she took two shots. Sorry, three shots in the paint last night. Three shots in the paint last night. That is ridiculous to me. The only well, shot she made was right under the bucket. She hits a couple deep, or she shoots a couple deep twos, a couple threes. Like to me, it was just, and and, and I could say this for the whole series from Connecticut was bad shot selection, just bad shot selection. 
Well, I mean, you know, I do think you have to credit the schemes um, to some regard, but at the same time, you know, the adjustments and, 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 and some of the shots she's taken, and Bonner does take some, you know, just unusual shots in general, but I think that's a great point you brought up, the free throw line. Headed into this series was averaging and getting to the line around five and a half, six times a game. So hasn't gotten there once. I think that's extremely telling. That, and, and, and here's the other thing that's extremely telling. And, and honestly, like, and this flips over to Kurt. Yes, I, I, pull, I put a lot on the shoulders of Bonner. I put a lot on the shoulders of Natisha Heideman. Look, you're a starter in this game. You're the player who, and maybe it's wrong of me to put this pressure on her, but like she was a player that I knew if this team was going to win the finals, it was going to be because somebody in her position was going to be hitting threes, was going to be hitting big shots over three zero points in this game. When realistically, beside, like of their starters, she's the only three point threat legitimately. Um, the other thing that I, that I, I mean, like, look, the whole team played last night, right? Joyner Holmes got three minutes. Uh, Nia Cloudon got five minutes. Dijon 13 minutes. Um, for me, it was kind of like, and I know I said this at a certain point, we were talking about uh, on the stream the inability of Connecticut to get the ball inside to an elite dominant big in Jonquil Jones. And I have to keep thinking Odyssey Sims, the seasoned vet big or the seasoned vet point guard, um, a player who's played with Sylvia Fowles, who a player who has, you know, played with uh, with elite bigs and Candace Parker and Neko Gumake. Like what I need, what I was hoping to see from Kurt was to really in this series and in game one, I, I kind of chalked it up to, okay, he doesn't want to give all of his cards away, but it kind of, I don't, I haven't seen Connecticut, like just try like pulling out all the stops and trying it. And, and I know this is like a mindset that some coaches have. So I'm well aware of this, but I still want to say like, I think often coaches fall into the mindset of these are the players who got us here. If we're going to win it, we need to ride through them at a point when it's pretty clear to me that you weren't winning that game doing what you've been doing. So in my mind, like flip it up, try something new. And I, you're not doing that this stage. Like, like, you know, like you, you, you aren't going to reinvent the wheel. You aren't changing who you are. You know, like, I'm not asking him to change who they are. I'm saying take out Heidemann, who's not even shooting the ball when she's getting opportunities. Put in Odyssey Sims, somebody who will attack the basket, can hit free throws, um, isn't an elite three-point shooter, but can provide that if they truly, truly need it, but also is a much more seasoned vet about feeding the bigs down low. Because like at the end of the day, like in my mind at least, like no offense to Courtney Williams or Natisha Heidemann, they're window dressing offensively. Like we all know... The offense needs to go through JJ or Alyssa Thomas and Dewana Bonner is going to pick up the scraps of everything else. And if you are not able from Courtney or Natisha, and I don't know if it was you or Miles or Owen yesterday who brought this up that has just been in my mind about not having a, a facilitated, like a floor general, a Lindsey Whalen, a Sue Bird, um, uh, a Chelsea Grace, somebody who can see the hot hand and make sure that the ball gets to them not having that and then i mean the i think son are in the position that they're in right now without a true point guard no which which is wild and no. but but the point i'm trying to get it is like uh, i think it was last night it was brought up that Alyssa thomas might be that player on the connecticut sun team and to me with 
and I hate, I'm like trying to find, I'm sorry that I'm taking forever to say this because I'm trying to find a way to not talk about her shoulders with saying this, but it very much in my mind, at least comes down to, she's always doing these underhand or like sidearm passes, which are much easier to deflect, intercept, just knock out of whatever it is as a, and that's not how you should be feeding the ball to your elite big that has a arm, like a, a wingspan that no one can compete with that has a height that no one can compete with. Like you haven't like at the end of the day, you have an advantage that Vegas cannot respond to. And that's John Cole Jones's size. And they're not taking advantage of it. And they're not able to get her the ball uh, in places that, that she can be efficient. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of sit there last night and, and especially we're spending a lot of time talking about Connecticut, but um talking about Las Vegas and just the three-headed monster that is Asia Wilson, Chelsea Gray, and Kelsey Plum. And and you really get the sense that if Kelsey Plum was able to find her rhythm again, and if anyone didn't think she would, shame on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like she was going to find her rhythm. She was going to get back into her groove and do what she does. I, I didn't worry about that. And then it's like the moment she does this, this team combines for what was it? 67 points, you know, basically outscore Connecticut in general right. it's about 67 compared to their 71. I mean, at what point, you know, cause we're talking about one of the best facilities. Chelsea Gray is playing like an MVP right now. Huge arguments we made about whether her Asia Wilson should, should be crowned that we can have that another day. We don't have to do that right now, but you know, with those three playing the way they're playing, I mean, and, the, and then it's not – I mean, Jackie Young does so many things that don't even necessarily show up in the stat sheet. I mean, the, the frustration she can cause defensively, you know, and just, just the Swiss Army knife that she is, we, 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 know, we know about that. But, like, at what point, you know? Like, Connecticut doesn't even have a point guard. Meanwhile, Vegas is playing with one of the best facilitators in the game right now. Like, at what point is it like you just don't have the horses, especially when Vegas is clicking the way they are right now? It's like – what what else do you do to try I mean, to, to keep up with this? I, I think you're right. We should be talking about Vegas more. I think they're going, in my mind at least, this is going to be a three-game sweep. We're going to be talking about them all offseason. We're going to be talking about the collapse of Connecticut Sun. For me, and, and I know that this is coming, and I want to be very clear about this. This is coming from someone who going into the season, my prediction was Connecticut going into the playoffs. Obviously, my prediction wasn't Connecticut, but I'm a, I'm a hillsider, so I'm going to ride it to the end. Um, it was very clear that Vegas had the horsepower to get to the finals and run through it. What I think we've seen is a drop-off from Connecticut. They've hit their peak. They're no longer at it. We're not seeing a historic run like we saw from Chicago last year where there was ups and downs, and then they just tore through the playoffs. But at the end of the day, like it, like, is it too much? I know you're going to say, but... It almost feels like last night was an embarrassment of a game. Like it, it felt like a walkthrough, not a game. And I know I've used that phrase too many times of recent, but it just it looked bad at times. Like, I, I mean, I was really disappointed myself. I just was like, just those little things that they hang their hat on weren't necessarily happening. And this isn't like I'm like coming hard at Connecticut or Kurt Miller. I'm not. I just was like, Connecticut, I hold on a on a on a pillar of what this team is and what they do. And is it, is it too unrealistic at times, you know, because like, and again, like they don't have a point guard. They lose Jasmine Thomas, who I don't think has been talked about enough, how big of a, of a loss that is to be where you are right now. 
And to struggle to shoot the ball the way the guard play has with Connecticut as of late, you know, like you're manufacturing points any way you possibly can. You're having to rely on this defense and just this grit that how far can that take you? I mean, I, I, I love it and like I embrace it personally and for my own methodology of a coach, but against a team like Las Vegas that is absolutely playing like an all-star superstar team, how far can that actually take you? And I think, I don't think that, I, I don't think that we can forget that, that, you know, when we talk about Connecticut long after this season is done, regardless of how many games this goes to or how this ends up, we cannot forget that this Connecticut Sun team, we never, ever, ever fully got to see them at a hundred percent in the last few years. We never did. John Clark yeah. was out. Alyssa Thomas was out. Then you had Jasmine Thomas. Again, I know she's not the superstardom of the other ones, but she's still your facilitating point guard floor general. And we never got to see the Connecticut Sun at 100% as to who this team was designed and laid out to be. And to me, that is really disappointing. Um, but sorry, I'm, I'm going on a tangent. Back to your point about last night. Yeah, it just it just felt sad for me, I guess, is just what I was seeing. I just felt like either this team has just given all they can and they don't have it anymore, or I don't know. I, I still don't know exactly what happened. I, I don't know. I don't know how on earth it's physically possible to go down zero and two to Vegas and and have a chance in this. I just don't. And and not even like look. End of the day, it's tough enough to win three in a row. It's tough enough when the odds are stacked against you. What Vegas is doing right now is just playing their brand of basketball. And and in the finals, I talked about on the, on the Connecticut Sun side. Sun that oh my I can't even talk on the Connecticut side. I think they're both trying, like both of them kind of just said batten down the hatch. We're not going to change what we've done. We're going to continue to do what we do and it, we're going to have success from it. And Connecticut has faulted at that. Well, I and think Vegas. It's this simple. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's this. Yeah. You are in the finals. You're in the finals. It's You're not changing who you are. You're going to ride the horses that you've ridden to get to this point. Like, Player, big time players have to make big time shots and big time moments. That is what has to happen here. Las Vegas is doing that. They're doing it across the board and they're doing it at the highest level imaginable right now with three superstars. Connecticut Sun is not doing that right now. They're literally just not hitting shots. I mean, yeah, you could look at Alyssa Thomas and John Cole Jones, but like, they're doing enough. You have to hit shots. Dewana Bonner has got to show up and hit shots. And that's the difference, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting because, like, look, we always talk about this during the regular season, like depth, depth, depth. When it comes to this point, it's less about depth, and it's more about the situation of your starters, right? Like, are they healthy? Are they able to continue going? And are they making big shots? Now, able to rise to this occasion and yeah. and do what they do consistently. Yeah. Now, now I'll I'll push back as somebody who's never been a coach, which I'm saying that so everyone can laugh at me. In the sense of, I'm going to push back against that old adage. Like, if I'm Kurt Miller, I'm not going to try and reinvent the wheel, right? But maybe I'll go to a tricycle instead of a bike. Maybe I'll go to a tricycle instead of a four-wheel car. Like, end of the day, what Duana Bonner is doing, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I understand this is, this is the finals, right? This is the playoffs. This, this Like, this isn't a situation where you're sending uh, <laughs> Fred Williams-style messages uh to kennedy carter but at the same respect i think we need to look at it and go you know if it's not working make some adjustments get carrington in there more get sims in there like 
try something because at the end of the day, I think it was a like unless Kurt was riding it in a similar sense of the players waiting for that moment where it kind of finally clicked and they do what we've seen them do all year and make that push and start playing a stingy mucky defense. Like unless he was in that, in that perception of like, it's going to happen eventually. I just got to wait for it to me. Like I get riding, riding what, what got you there, but at a certain point you got to try something else. You got to, you got to twist it up a little bit, a little bit. I'm not talking about reinvent the wheel a little bit. And it's very obvious that, you know, Las Vegas was like, who can we neutralize? Who can we frustrate? Who can we make their life a living hell, you know, in the course of the series and, and find a way to win? Then that person's been Dewana Bonner. And credit yeah. Las Vegas, you know. Credit, yeah, definitely credit Las Vegas. One of my favorite things is um, as we've seen WNBA coverage grow, we've seen um, some more basketball minds grow into uh, covering the league. And I think one of the cool things is the post-game interviews with Becky and the Aces getting some really intricate questions and a constant, uh, consistent theme in response has been like, I'm not giving away the secrets. I'll tell you that after the series. Um, so I'm excited for, you know, the post game uh, after game three, when we're talking about the WNBA champion Las Vegas Aces and seeing like what they saw in Connecticut um, that they were able to take advantage of. And, and like, obviously, we see how it played out, but I'm curious, like what they saw and what it was. Uh, any final thoughts on this matchup? Obviously, I think we're both picking uh vegas for game three on thursday we'll be doing a live stream just to remind everyone it's really fun it's free no download necessary you don't have to you know sign away your mortgage or anything like that it's free it's called getplayback.com backslash room backslash windsider it's a fun experience and honestly it makes blowout games a lot more fun makes close games a lot more fun because as i continuously say as WNBA fans often often we're set watching games by ourselves. And uh, with this, we get to watch it with a whole community of people who love to watch it just as much as you. Any final thoughts, Rachel? I don't know that I have Vegas winning. I don't know. Oh, that I, okay. I don't know. I don't know how I feel because I, I well, you have to make a pick. So I, I just feel sorry. There's a freaking blower going in the background because our, my apartment complex is obnoxious. So I apologize. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I just I just don't I don't ever, I don't really know what to think. I'm I'm gonna mix it up. I'm gonna say Connecticut. Um, they're back at home. At, I'm just gonna say maybe they have a little extra umph in them to push this to a game four um, and not get completely swept. So I'm gonna go Connecticut. All right. Well, I, I can't wait to see that you're wrong. So I'll be right about something this season. <laughs> uh, Rachel, appreciate you as always. See you on the playback. And if anybody has. Uh, any further questions, any topics you want us to discuss, the WNBA offseason is coming up, and we got a lot of time to do some podcasts, bring some fans on, bring some guests on, some players, um, maybe some coaches who are trying to expand their position. We'll see. We'll talk. Peace.